Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, Judy. How are you? Oh, I'm good. How are you? Good. Thank you for tuning in early. Oh, I'm so excited to be on with you. I appreciate the opportunity. Yes, I'm excited to have you on. I've been, you know, looking through all of your videos. and I'm like, oh, my God, I have so many questions. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I promise to answer them. (laughs) Okay. Talk show has started, so let me do a proper introduction. Welcome to the Stroke Diva Fabulous Show. I'm your host, Kamari T. Richmond, and my guest this evening is the award-winning author, speaker, podcast host, and CEO, Judy Gammon. Did I pronounce it right, Gammon? You, you did, like that, Gammon. Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. And um, I want to thank Zach for connecting us. Uh, and I was like, he's like, I have a great guest for you. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Zach's so great. Yeah, that is wonderful. So Judy, I'm excited to have you on. You have a, I mean, you're world-renowned speaker and author. You have seven books. I can't wait to talk to you about Love, Life, and Lucille. But you have um, an education in healthcare, and you're really like the stay healthy um, expert. And so listening to some of your videos, there were so many eye-opening questions. But before we get to all of that, I want to ask you, Judy, um, how did you start or begin on this journey of yours of service and um, becoming an author and a speaker and your own podcast? Well, it's, it's a really interesting story. I grew up around medicine my whole life. My mom was an RN and I remember as a little girl going to, to the school with her because she taught nurses and I remember bringing my dolls and, and I'd get to put them in splints or cast their arms. And so I always had that love of, of patience and, and wanting to help people. And, you know, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, as they say. And I was involved in clinical research uh, early on, I'd say, in my 20s. And I, I really liked that. I got a degree in clinical research administration. I loved being with the patients and I really, really enjoyed the the research end of it. You know, how do the treatments that that we come up with, like how do those come to be and what role do do we all play in that process? So that was always fascinating for me and worked in the primary care and in clinical research. And then just as as time went on and as as so many of us, when we hit like our 40s and such, we get experience in, in different areas. There was a time when I actually did a study, I did a research study, and it was about white coat hypertension. And I said, you know, I don't think doctors are really that scary. And it came to be that really some of the research and the data was showing that sometimes the patients were anxious because of the environment. 
the fluorescent lights, the, the sterileness, the smells. And, and I was really fascinated by that. So I had a, a short stint about five years where I actually opened a design and remodeling company and did a lot of healthcare, won a few awards for some designs and, and some of the finish outs. And, and that was, that was hard work. Um, everything's hard work, but that was exceptionally taxing. I, I really feel for anyone who's in the design build business and remodeling business because it it's really um, it's really manual, mental, and and everything in between <laughs> kind of of labor. And then as time grew um, grew on and went on, I grew, and then I worked as a director of business development for a fabulous. A company called Executive Medicine of Texas. And then with that, growing that practice and people coming from around the world, the world really, um, even patients from Bermuda, believe it or not, there's a huge following in Bermuda, which is, I think is odd, but it's, it's a great, it's a great thing. Uh, but then being able to, to get promoted up to CEO. So I love what I do. That's the long answer. <laughs> but I certainly love what I do. And I'm, I just enjoy every day and I have the opportunity to work with amazing people in the office. And then also as I, I go out and I speak and I, I do media interviews, I just meet some of the most fascinating people. And I appreciate being on your show today. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, you are so fascinating. And I mean, my mind was, when I was watching some of your clips, my mind was reeling about it. I was like, she really knows her healthcare <laughs> because we, uh, well, one, the white coat syndrome, I had never heard of it until I started going to the doctor with my dad and he has it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Every time he goes to the doctor, his blood pressure rises. skyrockets, probably. It skyrockets. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that is a real thing. And it's so I said, yes, it's a real thing. But there's so much about, you know, we think, oh, if we have a glass of wine, that's healthy. You say, no, 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 that's not healthy. We <laughs> eat right. We need to exercise. And because um, you have a, you know, you have studied uh, research, uh, you are really knowledgeable about some of these things. So I wanted to ask, you know, with COVID, how did you have to pivot what you were doing? Well, that's a, a great question, and and it's an interesting question because you may not know this, or I may not have told you this, but I became the CEO December 2019, and <laughs> I later was like, what did I get myself into? Because suddenly I was having to make big decisions down a path that there really wasn't a reference for. And being a research junkie, I always say, oh, you can find the answer to anything, you know, if you look hard enough and you look at the right places. But we had never been down this path before. So our our real focus was how do we be there for our patients in the way they need us to be there for them? And we were a little bit different than a lot of practices. A lot of practices, you know, they, they closed down, the patients got answering services, you know, I, you know, call you back and, and maybe they did and maybe they didn't, but we took a more proactive approach. We actually set up a, a lot of different programs so that we could, could communicate with our patients in, in real time remotely. 
And it's different than a Teladoc thing. It, it was a lot of interesting software that worked through our EMR and, and allowed us to do that, forwarding phones from the office to staff members um, in for different ways and different reasons that they could work remotely. And then I worked very closely with the city where we live, and we were uh, one of the first clinics to get the COVID vaccines. And this is at a time when we really needed vaccines. You know, there, there, we've learned a lot, but when Delta was here and when we were at the beginning of this, you know, we, we knew, hey, this is something we need to be able to offer. Even the, the primary care physicians, um, the hospitals. So we were vaccinating doctors and hospitals and the firefighters and the EMTs and all of that, the emergency responders that were having to be at work and having to deal with people that were infected. And and that alone was an education within itself. Just how do we work with the government um, on this? That could be a whole nother show. (laughs) It was not easy. It was um, definitely a different road to go down and a lot harder and bureaucratic than we ever, ever could have imagined. But we pulled it off and we were able to to help in so many ways. And then, like I said, we took a bit of a different approach. Um, we said, let's be proactive. So we started doing videos. Um, we started calling our patients and say, you know, hey, how are you doing? We, you know, how you have kids at college, you know, what, what precautions are they doing? Do you have any questions? A lot of um, our patients are in that, that sweet spot where they have kids at college and they have aging parents. So just being there to say, yeah, I know your parents aren't our patients, but what can we do to help you understand what's going on? And what advice can we give you that you can pass along? And that, that just came back tenfold. I mean, we did it because it was the right thing to do. But our patients really appreciated it. And then as as word got out, there there was so much growth just from doing what was right. Wow, that's, I mean, that is really awesome because like you said, uh, I mean, that was something new. And I was listening to one of your interviews and you were saying um, you really, although we had to kind of do this for COVID, there's really nothing like being inside the doctor's office because you were talking about someone, you know, the doctor noticed that, or, you know, like they didn't have hair on one leg or something. Yeah. That, that was a, I remember that interview and I, I think that may have been the only interview I ever shared that story on, but we were having a discussion about telemedicine mm-hmm. and, you know, does it have its place? And yes, it has its place, but it should not and should never take the place of a doctor putting his hands and eyes on you. Mm -hmm. Like hands down, because sometimes doctors notice things that you're not there to report and telemedicine while it has its place. And we, you know, have the ability to do that within our practice as well. It has it has good uses, but it should not replace that doctor patient relationship because sometimes the doctor notices things like what you're talking about. Now, I'll retell a story here that the patient may not be reporting. And what happened with that particular patient is they came in for a physical exam, something that that we take very serious at executive medicine because people are there for half day exams. I mean, they're getting head to toe, inside out. And you, you, everything you could ever test, we're testing and giving a, a really good idea of their health. But this particular patient had one leg that didn't have as much, if any, hair from the knee down. 
And one of the, the doctors said, hey, um, have you noticed this? And of course, he hadn't. How often do we look at, at our leg, our lower leg, especially we don't look at the backside of our lower leg. Right. And, and it turned out he actually had a blood clot and there was something going on. There was some some issues uh, with circulation in that leg. And that's just the power of observation. And it's an art. And that's what doctors are really good at. That's what they're trained to do is to observe. Wow, that's so true. And because you, you know, you are the, the, the healthy living expert. And we've gone through, you know, this, this whole uh, transition with COVID. What are our best practices for staying healthy and happy and yeah. you know i love the healthy wealthy wise you know that's, <laughs> that's like that's always in my head and actually one of my affirmations is you know just being healthy wealthy wise <laughs> yeah and it, it it's it's a really a, a process you know we have to think about how do we get there we can't just one day say tomorrow i'm gonna wake up healthy <laughs> it is it, it's a process and it's it's a bit of a, a dedication you know mm. what do we need to be doing it is interesting that we learned a few things out of the COVID experience that we knew as a, a preventative and proactive medicine clinic and we had all our patients already taking vitamin d we're like you know, the percentage of people that don't have a deficiency is so small, we're going to assume you have a deficiency. And, and then we also would test, but we would tell them right off, off out the chute, you know, you need to be on a thousand IUs a day and we get their vitamin D levels back and then adjust accordingly. Sometimes they need to be on 5,000 IUs. If they had celiac disease, you know, then that's really important because you don't absorb it as well. And so we see a lot of deficiency in patients with celiac disease. So they may need a higher dose. So when we look at what happened during the pandemic, in, in hindsight, you know, we were probably six, eight months into that, where the research was really starting to come out in the medical journals that, wow, the people that aren't surviving are the people that have vitamin D deficiencies. And it's so important to, to your immune system. And there was some research and I'm so sad and I hope that we learn from the experience of the pandemic and that we never, ever politicize a health issue again. Oh, yeah. I just really hope we learn this lesson because we there were studies out there and we learned that the patients in the ICU that were given vitamin D actually had a greater chance of not being on a ventilator or if they were for a short time and getting out. And the people with vitamin D deficiencies who were not treated with vitamin T often um, passed away. But that research was um, done and then you just never heard anything about it unless you were reading the medical journals. It wasn't on the news. You know, there were things that didn't affect us nearly as much um, and things that divided us that made the news when this was, this could have saved lives and it was so simple and so cheap. So I really hope that, that we learn from things like that. But going forward, uh, you had said, what do, what can we do or what should we be doing to kind of stay healthy? And, and definitely, if you think that you can get all the nutrients you need out of your food, you're most likely incorrect. <laughs> and, and there are several reasons for that. One, our food uh, does not have the nutrient levels that it used to. So even some of the, 
the labels and things that we read, or you may Google, you know, how much, you know, vitamin C is in an orange or what have you. Well, not every orange is created equal. And over time, as we've um, you know, tossed our, our vegetable gardens and, and all these things, you know, they've turned over over time and the soils become nutrient um, depleted and, and all these things have happened. We don't get the nutrients um, that that we necessarily need. And you couple that with prescription medications that deplete our system of nutrients and, and antidepressants being one of the worst offenders. And even some of the things that we take for like heartburn and stomach issues, though those can cause malabsorption issues. So we really have to, to look at what's our nutrition look like and start there. And uh, we have to also remember that medicine and and looking at the basics, they do go hand in hand. There's a time and a place for certain prescription medications. Sometimes we need them. Sometimes there's no other answer. You don't want to say, I'm just going to stop salt and not have a stroke. If your blood pressure is really high, you need blood pressure medication. Yes, you should lower your salt intake and all these other things. Mm -hmm. But we don't want to say that there's you know, there's no place for medication. There certainly is. But we also need to look at, are all these medications necessary? Oftentimes we see that patients are being put on medications for a side effect of another medication. And then they, they turn into what I like to term as a, chem, a walking chemistry project. So really being um, advocates for ourselves and for our families by saying, okay, am I taking medications that maybe I don't need? discuss those, review those with your, your uh, family practitioner, your interns or whoever it is that, that you see. And, and then also think, what can I be doing that can help this situation? For example, we have lots of treatments for diabetes, but the absolute best treatment is weight loss and, and eating right. So we don't want to discount these things that sound so elementary, but they are so necessary to being uh, able, able to not have diabetes, you know, able to prevent the disease rather than just treat the disease. All too often we see diabetics that say, well, I really want to eat that dessert, so I'm just going to up my insulin a little bit. It happens all the time. They, they think that it's a get out of jail free card, and then they end up really just burning their body up because their body can't keep up with all these these various medications and and issues that are being caused because we're doing the wrong things and then thinking we can band-aid them with pharmaceuticals mm, that is so true and i mean you made a, a great point about you know the food we the food we eat now it's not like what you know our grandparents and great grandparents you know because i know my grandmother you know they had a garden and everything was fresh and everything is so um, processed and easy. And I am, I'm raising my hand, one for the easy, <laughs> for sure. But I wanted to bring that up because um, in your newest book, Love, Life, and Lucille, you are speaking, you spent time with this phenomenal woman that was a hundred years old. And my grandmother, she passed, she was like 102. Um, and I know she had just great, healthy living, um, she, a healthy living life. Uh, she was, that was definitely, um, some legacy in that, but tell us about that because I want to live to be a hundred, but I do have 
a lot of health issues. Um, it's, um, so of course, I'm always working with my doctors on medication and um, eating right, eh, exercise. Eh. <laughs> Easier said than done, right? <laughs> and I know you you had talked about you know the sleep and why, and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, tell us about about the book and Lucille, but you know what we can take from all of that. Well, I met Lucille Fleming, and like you mentioned, she was a uh, hundred years of age when I met her. I met her when I was working on another book called Age to Perfection: How to Thrive to One Hundred, Happy, Healthy, and Wise. And I was going through the research because y'all love research, so I'm doing all the the research on you know why do we have these blue zones? That's areas in the uh, in the globe where people live over a hundred and do so quite well. And what are these people doing and interviewing different people and so on and so forth. And then one day I did, one day I had this idea to, to just reach out to the people over a hundred, you know, I asked her, I'm writing assistant, can you find me some people over a hundred that, you know, that can carry on a conversation? I had no idea. Like that was actually going to be way easier than you think. And for people who say, I don't think I want to live to be 100, I'm always like, well, that's because you never met Lucille. <laughs> if you never met Lucille, you would be all about living to be 100. And she, uh, just like the others, they really had found the things that that were, we, we say they're elementary, and I'll explain what I mean by that, um, to, to living a long time. And, and a lot of those are, are just the simple things, you know, eat right, have friends, you know, be, be social, learn something new as often as you exercise your brain, you know, have good relationships with, with your neighbors and your family. And then, and then also interesting when I interview these people is they were not of the same religion. They, they pretty much were all different religions, but they all believed in a higher power. And I think that allowed them not to carry all that stress and all that burden and all that anger and everything else. They, they had something to give it to, you know, they, they, they really gave it up to God. And, and I think that was a, a really interesting factor for, for each of them that was in common. Now, when I said it was elementary, the interesting thing about it being uh, elementary is I went into the elementary school after I'd interviewed them because I thought, hmm, I'm just curious, you know, what would some young kids say that it would take to be 100? And I asked them and they had no idea that I had spoken to these people over 100. I had not told them what these people had said. And one little hand after another raised. And they would say things like, you have to have a lot of friends. And um, you have to eat the right things. And um, you got to walk. And I mean, all these things were identical to what these people over 100 had said. This is why what they attribute living to 100. Yeah. And I thought, wow, that's so powerful that we're born kind of knowing, and then the world gets a hold of us. <laughs> and there's marketing messages on the TV, come get your grilled burger right now. You know, there's like all these things telling us what should be important in the news. You need to be stressed out about this today. And if you're not, you're a bad person. I mean, all these Absolutely. things that the world gets a hold of us. And also we're like, oh my gosh, yeah, I, I can't possibly be happy. And, and yet these young children knew it. And these, these seniors, these super seniors, they knew it. And it's the secret. And it's so simple. It's so elementary. But it's so important for us to all live 
to, to be a hundred or even whether that's 80 or 90, but to do it well, to do it happy, to do it healthy. Yes. And there is a commercial here. I'm in, I'm in Maryland. I know you're in Texas mm -hmm. and there is a commercial that says, um, and I forget what the, what it, what the ad is even about, uh, about, you know, science says that, you know, we may already know someone that's going to be 150 or something of that. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's something, I don't know if it's medicine or what, I never really pay attention to the ad except for live to be 150. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> you never met Lucille. <laughs> it's like, you know, we don't know what the planet's going to be like. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's so true. I'm not sure about that, but I mean, what was the, the your biggest takeaway with spending so much time with her? Well, you know, it's interesting when you're with somebody who was born the year the Titanic sank. Wow. That came from another country with nothing but a suitcase and a locket around their neck and put themselves through nursing school at a time when everybody else just wanted to get their MRS degree. And this this gave such great perspective, not only to the power of the human spirit. You know, if we really want to do something and we put our heart and minds to it, we can do it. And, you know, she was a, a young girl on a potato farm in Prince Edward Island and said, I think I'm going to go to America. <laughs> and, and she did. And, you know, she put her, like I said, she put herself through school and even before that, she took a job as a, a nursing, uh, nurse's aide, and she scrubbed bedpans. And I love, and I talk about these stories in the book, but I, I love how she said, you know, if I was going to be scrubbing bedpans, those were, were going to be the slickest, cleanest bedpans you could eat off of them. You know, <laughs> everything she did, she just put everything she had into it. And that didn't change. And part of that, I think, was um, her personality, and it was mm -hmm. so infectious. And also part of that is when you grow up poor and you grow up thinking I can stay here and I can pitch hay <laughs> and, and this is going to be my life or I can make the life that I desire. If you really think about, we all are co-creators in our life. We all Absolutely. have the opportunity to say, what is it that I really want to go for? Maybe your, your viewers or listeners are thinking, I really want to go get that degree. And then for whatever reason they don't, I, I'm here to tell you, do it. If you, if you really want to go get that degree, do it. If you really want to start your own business, if you really want to have a family, it, it, whatever it is that your heart really desires, and, and if, if you do it, but you do it in a, in a good way, not in a greedy way, but in a, a dedicated, and, and I, I like to, I'm a faithful person. I like to say in a, in a faithful way, mm -hmm. and you aren't doing it to put anybody else down. You're, you're just doing it to make yourself better. I, I mean, that, that was kind of a lot of what Lucille lived by. And I've really adopted that. I had that from my mother growing up importance of that. And then I, I certainly had it um, with Lucille. And I try to share that message as, as much as possible. And whatever the hurdle is, 
whatever the hurdle is, you can you can overcome it. I am I'm an author of seven books, and I was an undiagnosed dyslexic. And in grade school, I was the kid that when they were going to say, okay, we're going to read one paragraph at a time. And I count, I start, if my paragraph was really long, I suddenly had the urge to go to the bathroom. Like two people before me having to read, oh, got to go to the bathroom. So I know what it's like to think that something is impossible or Mm -hmm. to think that maybe, you know, something got put on your heart that that you want to do, but you might think, gosh, why is this on my heart? This isn't for me, or I wasn't meant to do this. Pay attention to, to those promptings and, and really know that you can, you can accomplish these things. Now, I always put the caveat in there because I'm not quite five foot tall. And no matter how hard I try, I will never be a basketball star. So, you know, you, you have to, yeah, I have to put it out there that there are some things that, that may not be in your calling. And, and that's okay too. But really pay attention to, to what is that that is in your calling. And how do you make that happen? Well, that is, Judy, that is so powerful. I mean, you just gave, you just dropped lots of little, little nuggets, you know, <laughs> whether it's, it's a matter of faith, paying attention, um, you know, to your calling, because a lot of times, you know, everyone's like, I, you know, I don't know my calling. What's my calling? What's my purpose? And sometimes it takes, some people figure it out right away. For some people, it takes a lot longer. And, um, but, you know, just to hear you say it, you know, it's just, it's never too late. It's never too late. late. You know, Lucille went out on book tour with me. And by the way, if you've never traveled with somebody over a hundred, it's a riot. (laughs) I I write about this in the book. The book's funny. I mean, you know, it's really, it's, it's, you will feel all the feels. I mean, it's funny. You'll be crying. You'll be mad. You'll be happy. All of it. But I love this. The first time we were um, going to an airport together because some of these cities we traveled to and we do these television, radio interviews and such. And we got to the airport. She goes, "Um, can can you go get me a wheelchair? And I'm like, a wheelchair? Like, I mean, she never watches a wheelchair. She's like, oh yeah, watch this. So I get her one of those like airport wheelchairs, you know, they're kind of hard Mm -hmm. and, and usually red or blue and, and she, I go and I said, oh, I need a wheelchair. Man, I had an attendant. I had a wheelchair. They put her in. We got to the front of the line. She hands her ID. The the TSA guy goes, what? You're really, a, at this point, she's 101. You're really 101? She's like, yeah. Oh, come on, girl. And they're like, you too. And I'm like, what? And they're like, I go right through the line. She goes right through the line. We, we get to the other side. We get to the gate. And I said, you want me to take the wheelchair back? She goes, oh, no, we're going to board early. We're going to board first. <laughs> and seriously, like, it was funny. Like, they're like, oh, if we have any uh, people who need assistance, and she winks at me and, you know, nudges me, let's go. We got on the plane. She gets out of that wheelchair, sits in her chair. And she goes, you know, there are some advantages to being a hunter. <laughs> it was that kind of humor and, and that kind of, like, adventure. You know, we were just talking about, you you had mentioned that that some of the nuggets in in what I had said was about mm-hmm. dream that dream. I also want to add that people often spend a lot of time trying to figure out who they are and what they want to be inside of books. And I love books. I'm an author. I've read lots of books, and trust me, lots of them are 
self-help or, you know, workbooks and be careful. Don't spend so much time doing research on who you think you're going to be and get out there and expose yourself so that the world can tell you who you should be. Some of my my favorite moments in life have been volunteering at a place in Dallas called the Youth called Youth World and really getting almost in um, an uncomfortable situation because I didn't even know what to expect uh, driving up to the absolute worst part of town and going in and just burying my heart and and speaking to to kids and hanging out with kids that have a very different um, story than mine. And they have changed me and molded me. And I have learned so much from them or just the, the mere fact of hanging out for almost four years, I'm a couple of weeks shy of four years with somebody over a hundred. That was a life changer for me. And it not just changed my life, as a third generation workaholic, it changed the trajectory of generations to come. My kids have benefited from that relationship tenfold. And I think it's when we put ourselves out there, we get involved, you know, meet people in your town, in your community, volunteer where it's needed and don't just go where it's comfortable, you know, volunteer where it's needed, get, get in a space where you're wondering what you're doing there. And that is how you're going to grow. Wow, that is powerful. It's not going to always be comfortable, but just do it anyway. Do it that anyway. Powerful. And I, I'm going to keep you just a, a little bit longer because I wanted you um, to talk a little bit more about your podcast and your other books as well. Yeah, great. Thank you so much um, for that. So the podcast, this is a, a very interesting story about how the podcast came to be. We uh, at Executive Medicine of Texas were talking about, mm, do, do we want to get involved in media? And I had this real prompting that I wanted the two partners to get some media training. They thought I had lost my mind. And I'm like, I'm going to send you over to the Texas Actor Studio. I want you to get it. They're like, you blocked our schedules for this? I'm like, yeah, I really think you should do it. So they went, they spent two days on camera learning how they interact, actually watching themselves in interviews so that they could see how they do. They said that experience changed the way they interact with patients, how they answer questions. They said it was so eye-opening. Well, two weeks after that, I get a phone call and it was from a local radio station. There was a health and wellness show that had been on the air for um, like 20 years or something. And the doctor was retiring and the, the show called and I, I literally pick up the phone and, and then they're like, um, is this Judy Gavin? Yes, it is. Well, Dr. So-and-so is retiring the show. We were curious if, if maybe executive medicine would like to, to take over that spot and do a medical show. I literally, I'm not kidding. I'm like, um, hold on a minute. I put them on hold and I did like this happy dance. I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what that was all about. Holy cow. I, I then answered it and I said, yeah, so sorry. I had to put you on hold. You know what? I think that would, that would, yeah, that would probably work. What's the time slot? What are the time commitments? Yes, we're in hang up the phone. I haven't even told the doctors we're doing this, right? I'm committed to us. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I go and like, uh, guess what? We're going to be doing a radio show. And they're like, what? So 
that radio show grew and then it went from one station to a couple stations. Then it became syndicated. And then we were on 67 stations across the country. And then podcasts were kind of growing. So we would take the show and then we'd release it on podcasts. Well, one day the producer's like, man, I don't know if you know this, but you know, you guys have like, you got like 2 million downloads on your podcast. I'm like, what? You gotta be kidding me. So we start following where, you know, people are, are hearing us and, and then one day when it just got really crazy because radio stations, they all have different clocks and they all have different requirements. So you're trying to manage all these stations. And one day I was like, mm, I'm thinking we're going to flip this whole thing to podcast. And it was after our station had been brought out, bought out by CBS. And, you know, we were doing a lot of fun things. But in the in the end, it was like this gives us some leeway because if we want to go another 30 seconds or we want to go another minute or we have a really good guest we can just keep going. So we flipped it to podcasts and we just haven't looked back. We did change the name. The radio show was called the Stain Young Show. And we have the old podcasts of that on uh, all the podcast platforms. But then we renamed it Stay Young America when we, we flipped it to podcast only. And that's the, the long and the short story of how the podcast came to be. And now our downloads are just near uh, 4 million. What that is phenomenal phenomenal it was an exciting ride <laughs> and, and and with the podcast uh, you're doing like daily advice interviews so we, and wellness and sometimes okay. it's just the two doctors and myself the two partners and myself but other times we have we have guests on and we've had you know, Suzanne Summers on. We've had a, a lot of people wow. like in either a wellness space or in celebrities. Like once we had Lee Majors on because he was doing a big push for pneumonia. And I was a little giddy. I'm like, I'm a $6 million man fan. You know, I'm like, I'm, I'm like at the time I was like 48 or 49 when he was on. Now I'm just like, this is crazy. I'm getting giddy over this 80-year-old movie star when I was a kid. All that, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was. It, it's been interesting to have some of the most amazing leading scientists, best-selling authors, um, just incredible people come on the show um, and, and and just enlighten us. It's been an education for us because you know we bring them on and we always learn something, and the conversations are are always so much fun to to really say it's going to be like we're all just sitting around having coffee and um people the listeners they they write in and they they tell us you know things they've learned or something they want us to cover and it's invigorating i'm sure this happens to you you know you have people that that enjoy your show and then they they give you feedback that makes you think oh yeah we should do that or mm -hmm. um you know Absolutely. oh that's a great topic or hey i'm glad they liked that and and I think the feedback is is really what drives us, and and probably you included, to, yes. to keep going. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And your other books, because you are the author of seven, <laughs> but I want to get them in there. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Well, um, I'm really excited uh, about an upcoming series. I want to throw this out there because okay. there's an upcoming series, and and I write under a pen name for fiction, I write under pen name Judy G. Walters because there's medical, there's, okay. there's medical dramas that 
that Walter, my husband, who's an MD, and myself write together. So we, the pen name is Judy G. Walters. And so there's a Vital Sign series. Pulse is the first book in the Vital Sign series, Breath and then Pressure. And we're going to release it as a trio um, in, in 2023, towards the end of 2023. So very excited uh, about that. That's kind of a new venture. I mentioned the age of perfection, how to thrive to 100, happy, healthy, and wise. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and then stay young, 10 proven steps to ultimate health, which, which really was um, so strange that, that stay young, you know, this, the book came out and then the show came out and then it was like staying with kind of our thing. We, we released a vitamin line called the Stay Young Vitamin Line. There's a whole other story behind why that exists. Oh, but really? uh, okay. it, it's it's been kind of a fun to watch all this unravel. And I, I kind of think all these things are are connected. Like we we talked about that white coat hypertension earlier. Mm-hmm. And it was that research that made me say, wow, when we build Executive Medicine of Texas, we want it to be absolutely beautiful. We don't want it to be sterile. We want it to be a true luxury medical practice. So patients aren't afraid to come in. We Mm -hmm. want them to to be in a spot they feel safe. Mm -hmm. And I actually, you know, I I went online to to look at it and it's a beautiful space. Thank you. It's, um, it's definitely been a labor of love. That's for sure. Wow. Okay. And I want, and I have, you know, your links to, to the bio and all of that, but let folks know how they can reach you um, at the center. I let them know how they can reach your books and your podcast. Sure. So for the practice executive medicine of Texas, if they go to EM Texas spelled out emtexas.com, it'll take them all to the practice and they can see all the they're really interesting things that that we're doing there. Mm-hmm. And then anything that has to do with me, whether it's books, um, you can follow all the link throughs. Of course, all these books are on on Amazon. And the, there's also an audio book to Love, Life, and Lucille, which I voiced. And I had nice. a very I had a very good friend of mine who also knew Lucille, who was in her 80s, and all she voiced just Lucille's voice. And it really made it really made it special and actually her family's listened to it and told me just they're just blown away that they thought it was a great audiobook so i'm i'm really excited to share that that audiobooks there and actually pulse is available as an audiobook right now so that first uh that first medical fiction in the vital, vital science series pulse mm-hmm. Uh, that okay. can be downloaded as an audiobook under judy g walters uh, but j uh, judygammon.com judy gammon j-u-d-y g-a-m-a-n.com is where they can find all kinds of information. Yes, you have, I mean, there is a wealth of knowledge on your website. It, I mean, it is very, you have so much good stuff on there. And Judy, anything that you wanted to talk about that we haven't discussed? Well, I just, you know, I just want to say thank you for doing what you do and and thank you, your audience, for, for watching and, and listening to to shows like this, because I think there's always something that we can learn and there's always something that someone that we can learn from. And it's when people like you step up and say, you know, I have something to offer. And then you do that, that you're, you're enriching other people's lives. And I just want to thank you for, for doing that. I know personally what it takes to go and, and put something like this together. It may seem 
really easy to anybody who is in the audience, but there's a lot of back stuff that goes on. There's a lot of time commitment. There's a lot to it. So I want to applaud you right here to your audience for what you do. And, and thank you for putting yourself out there. Oh, thank you, Judy, so much. That means so so much to me because as you know, she is like a media professional. And I'm like, wow, I have to, you know, really try and be on my A game. <laughs> Judy does this. You, you are on your really well. <laughs> she does it well. So I want to thank you, um, you know, for saying yes and for you know, just sharing your sharing your knowledge with us this evening. Um, as you mentioned, the talk show is live and recorded. So as soon as we are done, it will upload. And once it's uploaded, of course, I will share it on social media and tag you. And I I love doing. Canva, so you've probably seen the tags on <laughs> social media. <laughs> you have this great picture, so I have you know our info out there. But this will, this has definitely been such um, a thrill. So I want to thank you so much for 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 doing it, and um, just whenever you have something going on, I'd love to have you come back and share more sure. of your expertise love, with the audience. It. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. something in the news. You know, I'm I'm a research junkie. So <laughs> if you see a really neat story in the news, I'd love to come on and, and us chat about it. Yes. I was like, I, you know, I want to ask Judy, I want to ask her about the wine. I want to ask her about the sleeping. <laughs> I want to ask her about, you know, if you don't have hair on the leg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> there was just so many. I was like, well, she has been in the healthcare, you know industry for such a long time and then as an author and speaking to people all over the country you know you really do offer lots of you know wealth as, as i said before wealth of knowledge and information which we definitely need at this time so thank you for all you do for, oh, you know, for the community it's been my pleasure as well so i want to thank judy gammon for being on the stroke diva fabulous show I'm your host, Kamaria Richmond. Judy, happy holidays. And just, Thank I wish you. you so much success and just keep me posted on what you're doing. <laughs> Thank you. Take care. Thank you. You have a wonderful evening. You too. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Bye bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.